What's up, everybody? Welcome to Bomb City Locker Room Talk Podcast. You're listening to Locker Room Hype, episode 17. As always, I am James Fairchild, and I've got a very special guest here with me today. Adrian, how you doing? Oh, I'm good, James. Um, I'm I'm good. I'm excited to be on the show tonight. 17 is actually my favorite number. Is it? Yes. Why 17? Well, I was born on the 17th day of October. Okay. So 17's always just been my favorite number because that's the day you were born. Yeah. And the best month of the year. Exactly. Might I add? Yep. October. We've got football. We've got baseball in October. Everything's. Halloween. The, oh yeah, Halloween. Scary movies. Damn, how did I not mention Halloween? Halloween's my favorite time pumpkin, of the year. Pumpkin patches. I believe Halloween, and correct me if I'm wrong. Halloween begins on September first. It does in our house. Most anyway. definitely, I agree. Like you, you've got to start prepping and putting up decorations September first. Yeah. September first. Start watching all your scary movies. Put all the scary movies from Netflix on your watch list. Oh, yeah, definitely. Start going to Starbucks and getting that pumpkin spice <laughs> latte. Basic white girl drink <laughs> yeah. of the fall. I saw on Facebook there, um, I don't know if it was a joke or not, but someone's making pumpkin spiced uh, scented masks for people to wear. <laughs> so you know all the basic white chicks are going to go out and stockpile like tons right. of them. <laughs> I, I actually believe that that's true. I can see it happening, especially here in Amarillo, south side of town. They're they're making uh, like little sprays that you can spray into your mask, so that you can kind of keep them fresh, you know. Um, and so there's probably someone making a pumpkin spice flavored spray so that they can spray oh into their mask. Oh my god! <laughs> so that's the route we're going with this whole pandemic is we're gonna start. Having flavored masks, like scented masks, too. I, I, mean, I literally just wash mine with my laundry. <sighs> like I buy washable masks and just wash them with my laundry, and they smell fresh. They smell like my gain laundry detergent, <laughs> you know? I can't stand <clears throat> any other mask except for the surgical masks. Those are, like, the most comfortable for me. And with facial hair, like, I get the cloth mask. It sticks to my hair. I've, I hate it. Actually, the most recent masks that I bought are like a dry fit material, and I actually like them. Um, but I hate the elastic that goes around your ears because oh, yeah. after a few hours, they, it kind of starts to hurt. But um, other than that, like the is, they're they're pretty breathable. What are the chances um, you get a Green Bay one? I actually do have a Green Bay one. Oh, sweet. But I try not to wear it at work because, again, I, you know, I work at the prison. You're going to get heckled for it. I work it. at the prison, yeah, and they're all Cowboys fans, Texans fans. and The uh, prisoners love the Raiders, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, and the Cowboys. <laughs> and the Cowboys. So, yeah, I, I actually wore – I actually did wear it to work last Saturday. Was it last – yeah, last Saturday. No. Yeah, it was last Saturday. And – uh like that's all I heard all day was just, you know, Aaron Rodgers oh, ain't Aaron Rodgers ain't shit. <laughs> Green Bay ain't about shit. This is Cowboys country. You know, that's all I heard. Jordan Love is the day. next true elite quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. <laughs> that's up for debate. I don't know if it's gonna happen or not, but he's gonna have to we'll sit see. for a while. Yeah. Well, we're gonna transition into 
what we're going to discuss first, and that is our sod poodles. However, this year, we didn't have Class AA baseball. However, we did have the TCL, the Texas Collegiate League, uh, and we had young talent from all across the nation come to Amarillo and fill the roster of our sod squad, and we had um, the sod dogs. So it was pretty cool to, to witness some some baseball because the, the sod poodles canceled their season. When was that? Early, was that early April, maybe? They, they announced that they were going to go ahead and cancel it. Yeah, I want to say it was like late April, maybe early May. Yeah, it uh, sucks because you and I were like really stoked about going to all the games. Mm-hmm. Thirsty Thursdays was a big deal, and, and they did incorporate that back into these uh, Texas Collegiate League games, which was awesome. But we had one month to enjoy baseball, yeah. and sadly, it's over. It's over. It's over. Yeah, I like that they kept pretty much the same promotions that they had whenever the Sod Poodles played. Like They had the $2 Tuesdays, they had the Wiener Wednesdays, mm-hmm. the Thirsty Thursdays, fireworks on Fridays. They pretty much kept the same promotions uh so i really like that yeah and it still felt like a saw poodles game even though the talent was a little bit different out there mm-hmm. which it was young and up-and-coming talent but we got to see kids from all over the big 12 even kids you know that played in private for private schools down uh dallas and houston and the baptist schools and mm-hmm the SEC, it was just cool to see so many different kids from all over the place come out and play. Yeah, some of them were 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 playing for colleges that I had never even heard of. Like I didn't even know that they existed. Like I'd watch the scoreboard and see the player, and they'd have like the name of the school that they play for. I'm like, where is that? And, you mm-hmm. know, and I'd get on my phone and Google it, and I'd be like, oh look, that's in New Jersey. That's crazy, you know. So. Uh, yeah, I like that uh, the players were from all over, and then we, we there was a, a I think a, a kid that was actually from here from Amarillo. Yeah, played, there was played, yeah. played for Amarillo High. I think currently he's he's playing for Texas Tech. So it was cool to see some hometown talent exactly. playing. I was excited for the potential of some of these guys to maybe get called for the Saw Poodles next season, you know, and join their roster. Because, I, I mean, I have my fingers crossed. I hope the Saw Poodles come back next year. Hopefully this shit isn't, you know, bleeding over into next year and affecting the season. That's the biggest thing. Yeah. But it, it's the way of life right now, and I do think it's going to be around. But hopefully the Saw Poodles, they can adjust. Because we waited, you know, 37 years for affiliated baseball to return to Amarillo. And last year, in the inaugural season... Sod Poodles won it all, which is pretty epic. We went to a playoff game, the atmosphere, you know, the hometown, hoorah behind the team. It was awesome. I was really hoping to see that this year. But, you know, it is what it is. At least we got some baseball, you know, for an entire month. You know what I loved the most about last year is it shut all the haters up. You know, because a lot of people were super upset when they announced uh, how much the city was going to be spending on a brand new stadium. You had people saying, oh, Amarillo's not a baseball town. Uh, It's going to fail. It's going to be a huge failure. No one's going to go to any of the games. Um, 
and it was the complete opposite. You're right. You know, it the was. absolutely complete opposite. So them, the the stadium opening and being a huge success, and then them winning it all, like I, I loved it because it shut up all the haters. You know, you're exactly right. There were so many people that were doubting the baseball stadium. They they, they were upset that you know they were breaking ground, and oh, it's going to raise taxes. This is not what we need. We don't even like baseball. We're not going to have the turnout that you guys are expecting. And you're right. They were proved wrong. There were there were people from all over the panhandle that would travel mm-hmm. to Amarillo just to see a game. Yeah. Which was spectacular. I mean, it's not just an Amarillo team. It's a panhandle team. Yeah. So, I, man, I was all for the stadium. I was all for the team. The name, you know, was controversial at first, but everybody's like really adopted the name and like embraced it, I feel like. Yeah, most definitely. Like you you go out to the grocery stores, uh, you know, the mall, and you see everybody wearing Salt Poodles gear, you know. Oh yeah, even at Lids, they carry the merchandise that you find at the stadium. Mm-hmm. They have a lot of the Salt Poodle stuff there. They've done a great job with the um apparel i enjoy the hats the clothing hell i even saw a jordan brand um dry fit style shirt last time when we went and excuse me that it was it was pretty cool to see that you see nike you see columbia what other brands Uh, yeah i finally bought me one of the columbia golf shirts actually it's worth investing yeah finally because they're nice and they last yeah i've been wanting to buy one for a while uh, and it was actually my mom. My mom uh, was in town uh, last month, and she was like, I may not see you for your birthday this year, so I'm going to buy you an early birthday gift, and I'm going to get you that golf shirt that you've been wanting. And I'm like, awesome. So she, she finally, I finally got a golf shirt thanks to my mom. Hell yeah. That's awesome. I, I want to invest in one too. Golf shirts are absolutely the best because you can wear them anywhere at any time. They're breathable. For any occasion. Yeah. yeah. But... Our sod squad fell to the Tulsa Drillers. Sucks, but it was pretty cool to see them get that far. You know, yeah, they made the playoffs, which I think is, you know, that that makes the season a success. You know, yeah, they were above five hundred. Um, they had a winning season, and it just brought life to Amarillo at a time where we desperately needed a breath of fresh air to get out. And, uh, you know, ex- experience some normalcy within our lives because we've been mm-hmm. locked away for so long. Yeah. And I'm so glad that they decided to go through with this because it was awesome to look forward to games throughout that month of July. I mean, it was hot, but, you know, like Amarillo Nights, it usually cools down pretty good. So it, it was always pleasant to go out there. But moving on to our next topic we're going to dive into the college football landscape and just kind of go through it and update some things that have been happening the past week because we've had some some real big stories come out you know with the Pac-12 and the Big 10 canceling their football season and the other three power five conferences the ACC <coughs> the SEC and the Big 12 continuing to push for a season now Adrian, what do you, how do you think this is going to unfold with the three conferences committing to play? Do you think there could be some changes even before the season starts? 
with having games, you know, begin in September, you think it'll get pushed back or maybe not even happen at all? Um, honestly, I don't know at this point. I think realistically I could see the season being pushed back more. But I do think that we will see college football being played this season. Um, just not when we expect it to. I, I think I see it being pushed back, but I don't see every conference just not playing football at all. Yeah, it, it really seems like the SEC and the Big 12 are spearheading this and pushing hardcore for a season to happen. And then, you know, you have the players chiming in with the we want to play movement and their influence spoke volumes with what direction, you know, the college football landscape was going to go. I feel like, because this is about the players and a lot of players are opting out, but then there's a lot of players who, you know, they play football for a reason. They play for the passion. They play for the, for the exposure and they pay mm-hmm. play just because they love the game for the love of the game. So, a lot of these guys, they they want to get out there. They want to fulfill, you know, the commitment that they've made to their universities. And I can understand the other side with the guys not wanting to play and put themselves in danger, you know? Right. I, it's been said that, you know, there's some heart issues that could come from COVID-19. So that's kind of why the Big Ten really pushed for the cancellation, which they're they're planning on trying to play in the spring. And I don't know if that's going to pan out. How do you think the spring scenario will go? Because honestly, I just think it's a quick, too quick of a turnaround from if they start in January, they end in May or end in, in, in April to another fall season. There's not enough time to recuperate right. and get ready and heal right. and prepare, in my opinion. Yeah, they're not going to have very much time off between seasons if they wait until you know, say March to start playing, you know. Um, uh, see, I don't know what to think about that. I mean, I, I don't see them pushing it back that far. Because, um, I mean, what is, what was the Big the Big 12 supposed to start, like the end of September? The, the like conference that? games are going to start at the end of September, and then the um, the non-con will start. I think September 12th mm-hmm. and you know, they're, they're planning on starting on time, but as we all know, this, all, this changes so rapidly from day to day, we could get a, a circumstance where we, we have to have the season pushed back even further, which you and I hope that doesn't happen. Right. But these other, you know, conferences that play in the spring, I just, I think if you, if you're going to play, you've got to play in the fall. I don't think the spring scenario will, will pan out. Yeah, I don't think it would work out either. Uh, I, like I said, I see it being pushed back a little bit, but not that far. And if they do push it back that far, I think it's just going to make it harder on the players. Right. And, you know, some of the updates that we've come across recently, uh, the NCAA president, Mark Emmett, said on Thursday there won't be any fall NCAA championships because there's not enough schools participating because of the ongoing coronavirus pandemic. And that decision impacts 22 championships, including the FCS football championship. So all of those, those FCS schools will not have championship games. And I know 
the so, WT with the, at the Division Two level, they've already pushed their season back to the spring. So basically, no bowl games is what, from what it sounds like. Well, I have no idea what they're going to do about the bowl games. That's going to be another dilemma that they're going to have to deal with because you know there's because you have the conference championships right, and then mm-hmm. you, you have the the bowl games. So my so my whole deal is is if you're not going to have the conference championship games, then I must. I would assume you're not going to have any bowl games either, right? Or a college playoff. I think. I think yeah. the conferences that are still planning on playing will have a conference championship. Like the Big Twelve, I think theirs is December fifth, which can be moved because there's a couple bye weeks that are incorporated into the season to have some flexibility if there ever is a need to shut down or postpone things like that, but. I don't. I don't think the NCAA is not uh, in charge of running the college football playoff. So, what the college football playoff decides to do will still uh, operate as usual. Which it may. Who knows? Maybe they might take more teams this year. That would be cool to see if there was maybe an expansion to six teams instead mm-hmm. of four. Because we've had this debate before. Like, how many teams? is necessary for a playoff. I think eight to 10. Yeah. I like, yeah, I agree with you on that. I think at least eight, I don't, I don't think four is fair enough. And a lot of people, we, we've been debating that for years now, years. And, and maybe this year is the exception where they let more teams in because there's less conferences participating. And what if the big 10 and Pac 12 end up playing in the spring? Will we have a fall champion? and then have a spring champion, it's going to be weird. I think whoever wins the national championship, there's going to be an asterisk beside because you've got Ohio State who's not playing, which they're projected to be one of the best teams in the nation. And you've got you know, all the Pac-12 schools and the rest of the Big Ten. But there are two schools who are really pushing to play, and that's Nebraska and Iowa. And I've heard rumors of them maybe trying to opt out of the Big Ten and join the Big 12 for this season. Shit. I'm, I think welcome them back. Welcome, yeah. Well, welcome Nebraska back. Iowa Nebraska, was never part of it. But. Yeah, Nebraska used to be in the Big 12. Right. So why not? It, it wouldn't be a big deal, I don't think. But it, I've, I've heard that if Nebraska does plan to leave the Big Ten and play elsewhere, they're going to get kicked out, which the realignment's coming up pretty soon and maybe – Maybe it's time for them to get out. They haven't been good at all in the Big Ten. They haven't had any success. So no. maybe they can come back to the Big 12. I mean, I'd be all for that. But it's interesting. We're going to look at this uh, topic about the college football teams operating in individual bubbles. Because like we said, you know, it's going to take, take a lot of manpower, a lot of testing, and all that kind of stuff to have a a football season that's going to pan out and and be complete. So college football is still set to be played on 76 FBS campuses this fall. But Miami coach Manny Diaz said he doesn't think that means the sport can operate in a bubble to protect athletes. So the idea of, centralized bubbles across the nation 
do you think that could work? We've seen it, you know, go well with the NBA, but with college football and football in general, with the traveling you have to do, you think it'll work if you if you have games like played, let's say, in four different cities. And those teams have to travel to those cities. They have to quarantine. They have to get tested and then play. What do you think? That just seems like too much. You know what I mean? It just seems like way way too much, and it, it, it's just too much of a hassle. You know, uh, I, yeah, I don't know what to think about that, honestly. Because um, you, you think about a football team, you've got, you not only have players, but you have coaches, you have, you know, medical uh, staff, you've got equipment staff, you've got all right. these, this mass amount of people traveling to games mm-hmm. and for one, it's going to cost a hell of a lot of money to do that. Right. To, to test all these humans, you know, <laughs> I, I don't, I don't see it pan, panning out in that way. I just think everyone's going to have to take their chances and, and travel as, as, as normal and do follow the safety guidelines and protocols that are put in place and, right. and have the testing done. I mean, have you heard of any new testing that's come out? Or do you guys do any testing at the prison that's innovative or different than what's been done in the past few months? The only thing that I I know that we're doing different, I mean, because like most people when they get tested for COVID-19 is, because as far as I know, there's two different ways you can get tested. You can get tested um, with the nasal swab mm-hmm. or there's the oral swab. And I've been tested uh, with both methods, but... You know, in my profession, because of the mass amount of, of, of employees that we have, um, it's easier to have access to more oral tests because you can actually give that test to yourself because um, all you've got to do is just take the little Q-tip thing, run it around your mouth and your gum line, drop it in a little tube with some saline in it, shake it up, put it in a bag, and they ship it off to a lab. Like, you don't even need a nurse or somebody like that or any medical personnel to administer that test for you. And it's available in more mass quantities than your nasal test. So, I mean, if they want to go that route and just, you know, do do like what TDCJ is doing and just do give everybody an oral swab test, um, you know, and I think it took maybe three to four days for us to get our results back so that's not not very long at all they pretty much just overnighted um our our test over to a lab that i think was like in san antonio or something like that do you think that's the most practical way of testing is like athletes i think it would be great i mean because i mean you have so many people that you're gonna have to test you know, the players, the coaching staff, the training staff. Um, it would be more convenient, you know, to, to and, and again, like I said, we were able to get the, the oral test in a more mass quantity, and it was a lot easier and simpler to, do, to, to mass test everybody with that test as opposed to just making everybody go to, like, a provider and getting a nasal test right. or having providers go to uh, the workplace and then administer the test there, you know, cause that, 
at the prison, I mean, we're going to have thousands of employees. Yeah. Hundreds to thousands. And they're going to, you know, they're going to have to be tested on site. Mm-hmm. And there's, they're going to have to order the testing in bulk. And whichever form of testing is most available, that's what they're going to use and the quickest. See, and I think that, and that's why I was saying, like, that the, the oral test is more available in mass quantities than your nasal test. As far as I know, that's at least that's what I've heard. And I want to say it's the least expensive yeah. option as well. So, but as far as the accuracy goes, as far as um, which one is going to be more accurate, um, they do say, I think the nasal one comes with less false positives. Oh, does it? I, I believe. Yeah, so. that's going to be a nightmare. Having, having these guys tested and the test coming back and then being false positives. Like there's not enough to turn around time to get them tested again and wait for the results. Like those guys are going to be out for the week. Right. You know, and it's going to affect the outcome of games. That's the one thing that I'm going to hate. Like these games are not going to be as true as they could be Mm -hmm. because of the amount of people, players who are going to be out. You know, you could have Sam Ellinger one week test positive and he's out. And Don't Tex- you put Texas- that bad mojo <laughs> on him, James. <laughs> I know, right? But they maybe they play Kansas and Kansas beats their ass because, you know, their 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 Just guy is stop, not there. Stop talking about Sam right now. <laughs> I'm joking. Hey, he's, but yeah, I he's get gonna have a, he's gonna have point. a good season. Yeah. I get the point you're making, yeah. It's, yeah, it's it, gonna suck. It's gonna suck. Yeah. Cause you're gonna have st- your your starters be in question because of this and that's not that's not ever good you know even in the regular you know college football seasons that we've had in the past there's injuries that prevent players from playing or conduct issues but now you're gonna have health issues hovering over the team and could jeopardize their the outcome of a game because Mm -hmm. you, you you have a an abundance of starters who are out man that team is not going to perform at the level that they that they could or should. Right. You know, I know with Oklahoma, we have a new quarterback this year. We got Spencer Radler. He came in. He's a five star quarterback from Arizona. Mm-hmm. He sat behind Jalen Hurts last year, and let's say he he comes down with a positive test before the OU Texas game. Man, I'm going to be so freaking bummed out (laughs) right you know it's it's the reality that like i'm starting to realize and it sucks you know it sucks because i'm a huge fanatic when it comes to college football yeah it sucks anytime you see um one of your good star players get hurt and you know you lose them for the season you know because those are the type of players like they're the reason why you watch the games you know because you know they're going to bring it every week. You know you know that they're going to put on a show, and it's a downer whenever you see them get hurt, you know. Exactly, and with the COVID, it's like they're going to – they could potentially be out more frequently throughout the season. I know that it's, it's not proven that if you have it, you can't get it again. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think that's true. I think if, you, if you've had it, you're you're able 
to be exposed and potentially come down with the virus again, especially if you don't have the antibodies to combat, you know, the virus. You know, yeah. if you don't have those antibodies, you're you're susceptible for it attacking you again. Right. So these hopefully these guys can be quarantined to the point where they don't have to deal with any of that crap. Because you know how college kids are. You know, 18 to 22 year olds, what party. do they want to do? Party. They want to party. They want to That's it. They want to <laughs> socialize and they want to you know go you know, get yeah. out and about and they're not going to be able to. They're going to go stir crazy throughout the season because their coaches are going to be on them like hardcore. Mm-hmm. You're not allowed to leave the dorms. You're not allowed to leave, you know, the the hotel that they're at. You're, they're going to have to stay put. It's going to be super strict. Mm-hmm. And I, did you hear the other day um, there was a rookie in the NFL? Where, who was he playing for? I think it was the Seahawks maybe. He snuck in a girl into the where they were staying. And he got caught. No, I didn't. And he got hear kicked off. That. He got he got kicked off the team. I did not. And tra- hear about training that. camp, you know, just begun. Right. So, I mean, it's already happened. It happened in the NBA too. There was a player who, who did that as well, and he got sent home. So, you can just imagine how crazy that and off the rails it's going to be in the NFL when you have professionals. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know it's 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 wild but we're gonna move on to the big 12 schedule and it came out what, a few days ago and the entire big 12 had to shake up their schedules because of covid and the big 10 and the pac 12 dropping out and some other schools who have opted out and they've had to incorporate new opponents for non-conference games. And the, the big 12 basically came up with a nine plus one format. They're going to play nine conference games plus one out of conference game. And Adrian, who's first here? Who do we got as far as non-conference games? I doubt there's any good ones. Um, Texas versus UTEP maybe is probably the best one there. Who else we got? We uh, got Oklahoma State and Tulsa, maybe. Other yeah. than that, I would say Oklahoma State and Tulsa, and actually, surprisingly, Kansas State and Arkansas State. Arkansas State's not a bad program. Kansas State had—I mean, they—they get beat by North Dakota State a few years ago, and and they played other teams where they went down to the wire, some F- FCS schools. But we've got Iowa State. Versus Louisiana, uh, Oklahoma versus Missouri State, Oklahoma State versus Tulsa, TCU versus Tennessee Tech, Texas Tech versus Houston Baptist. That's going to be a bloodbath. And then you've got West Virginia versus Eastern Kentucky. So none of those games are intriguing. I know Oklahoma State played Tulsa last year, so this is just another continuation of, of that uh, of that game and they don't have to travel far to play each other. So there's not really any good non-conference games, but then we go down to the big 12 schedule and right out of the gate, who's Texas got? 
Uh, they should be opening up against Texas Tech. They've got Tech. Yeah, that's going to be a good game. I'm hoping to try to make that game live. I haven't been to a college game since 2012, and it just so happens to be Texas versus Texas Tech back in the Garrett Gilbert days for Texas. You went down to Lubbock? <laughs> yeah, I did, uh, 2012, and it was a back-and-forth game like most Texas-Texas Tech games are. A um, lot, a lot of offense. Not much defense, <laughs> and uh, it was a wild game. Uh, t- you know, again, I'm I'm not. What's your prediction? Oklahoma, What's your prediction? Oklahoma and Texas Tech. I, I I can't stand either of those teams, but Texas Tech. Uh, I will give them this. They do have. They do have good fans, and they really have a good atmosphere down there in Lubbock. So I hope to make that game. My prediction. I think we're going to pull it out, but I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think it's going to be an easy game for Texas. Like, Texas is going to have to play some D. I agree. You know, because Texas Tech has always had a good offense, you know. You know what Tech has been missing probably since, oh, I would say the early 2010s is their ability to upset teams Mm -hmm. at home. They have not upset a team in so long. And I think I think the, their last upset is when they beat us. Uh, what was it in two thousand eight? Michael Crabtree. That was the last. Yeah, the big one at home, and they beat they beat OU at home. I think it was two thousand nine. Crushed OU like forty four to ten, mm-hmm. and they beat OU in two thousand five at home, two thousand seven at home, and I'm really disappointed that this game, Texas and Texas Tech, is so early in the season. This is the very first game. I really get, would give Texas Tech a shot to potentially pull off the upset if it was midseason or late season. But them opening the gate with, with Texas, Texas is going to be healthy, barring there's no COVID crap going on. Right. And Tech, will they have uh, Bowman back there at quarterback? I don't know. I don't know. I haven't been following them that close with the quarterback situation, but I, I have a feeling it's going to be a primetime game. Because Tech has Texas at home, and they have Oklahoma at home. And, and those two are their premier, the two top dogs in the conference most, most years. Not every year. Baylor was there last year. But Tech, I felt like just, I don't think they have a chance in this game. I think, I think they go down by a touchdown or even 10 points. I, I favor UT to win it by by seven seven to ten points somewhere in that range. I do think it's going to be a good game though. Yeah, I mean they they always put on a good game, always. Like Texas Tech, you know, as as much shit as I talk about Texas Tech, I know that it's not going to ever be an easy win for us. Like they they always bring it all the time. And they beat they beat uh, when was it? It's two thousand seventeen. Tech went into Austin and beat Texas. Which I did not expect that to happen. It was that quarterback. Um, he had tattoos all over him. I can't remember his name. For but, Tech or Texas? For Tech. Tech. He played one. He was a starter for one season. He wasn't very good, but he he willed them to win down there in Austin. I remember watching it because we were we were going to the OU and West Virginia game, and it was on the TV the night before. And that's the last time Tech beat Texas, which is pretty recent. Mm-hmm. But before that, it was 2008, 
with the Crabtree catch. I can't even remember who we had at, at quarterback in 2017. It was it was not Sam. It was a one-off uh, guy. He had tattoos. Um, for Texas? For Texas Tech. I can't remember his name. I can't remember the Texas quarterback in 2017. Because uh, they, they've had such bad luck with quarterbacks. <laughs> yeah, they, since they had, they had uh We haven't had a good quarterback. Was it Case since. McCoy and they had um, uh, Garrett Gilbert. Yeah, Gilbert. Uh, we had a dude named David Ash, I think was his name. Yep. David Ash was around for a little bit. Uh, what's the dude's name? Uh, I think he ended up going to SMU. Uh, he's His dad was a third base coach, coach for the Rangers. Uh, what is his name? Was it Gilbert that went there? He. No. Um, Did he transfer to SMU? I, I can't think of his name, and I can't believe it. I went blank. His dad was a third base coach for the Rangers and also played baseball for the Rangers. Okay, the quarterback that I'm thinking of for Tech that year was Nick Shimanick. Nobody remembers him. <laughs> but he was he was their quarterback that year when they beat Texas. They weren't very good. I think they went like 6 and 7, but that's going to be a good game on the schedule. And and I I'm mad that it's so early in the season. But, you know, with Baylor and Oklahoma, the two top teams from a year ago in the Big 12, you've got Baylor opening up with Kansas, which Kansas was much improved last year. It didn't show on their win total. Their record wasn't very good at all. But I think Les Miles made some strides. He took Texas all the way to the brink on a night when they were honoring one of their national championship teams and they wore their alternate uniforms. I know you remember this because you're mm-hmm. <laughs> diehard Texas fan. And yeah. Texas had to drive down and kick a game-winning field goal to beat Kansas on that night. Yeah, it was a terrible... <laughs> Embarrassing. It, yeah, it was very, very stressful to watch, and very. I was very angry throughout that game. <laughs> to but say yes, the I least. Remember. I thought Texas would have a good, very good team last year, but the, the injury bug really screwed their season up. But with Baylor, they get a win, no doubt, against Kansas. And then you've got Oklahoma with Kansas State. And you know what happened a year ago. You can rub it in my face. <laughs> that was their one in-season loss, regular season loss. And we went down to Manhattan and got our tails kicked and bullied around. And Kansas State had their way with us. So I, I have to say that OU will pull out the revenge victory against Kansas State. And... I'm not saying that because I'm biased. I'm being objective here. OU is just a better team than Kansas State. Kansas State has has a lot of rebuilding to do this year. So I think OU beats beats K-State. And then we'll just go through a couple of these other teams that, that we think are going to be worth a damn. Iowa State, who do they have? Let's see. They open up with TCU, which I think will be a good game. Yeah, I think I TCU mean, will be one of the top dogs this year. Yeah, TCU still has uh, a good team. But Iowa State, man, they're not a slouch. They're no. they're a solid ball club. They they have been the past five years. They've beat uh Oklahoma. But I think they're they're kinda like like tech. They they have a hard time closing out games. And uh they're not very good. In the clutch. They're not. So, and they've got that Max Duggan kid who 
was really inconsistent last year. He reminded me a lot like Kellen Mon, how inconsistent he was. And I'm not sure what how he can come back this year and and put together, you know, an eight win season or a ten win season, which maybe maybe they can, but they you know, Gary Patterson always has his team ready to play defense. And we all know defense wins championships. Right. That's gonna be a hell of a game week one. I'm excited for that game. And then you've got Oklahoma State and West Virginia. I That's think, gonna be a good game. I think Oklahoma State might win the conference this year. They've got Chuba Hubbard coming back, Spencer Sanders. They've got um, Tylen Wallace coming back, the best receiver in the nation, in my opinion. They're they're primed for a big year. This could be one of their biggest years that they've had since 2011. You know when they had Justin Blackman and they went, they won all those games and almost made the college football playoff. If it wasn't for you know Iowa State beating them in an upset in Ames, but you think it'll be a good game? Yeah, I think that'll be a good game. Uh, West Virginia's been a solid club. Uh, They're a little a down now. last year. Yeah, they 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 didn't really have that great of a season last year, but. Uh, I think offensively, they can still keep up with most of the teams in the conference. I agree with that. I mean, I don't think they'll be very good personally, but I could see them putting putting together a a quality game against Oklahoma State because I it is a let's see, I think it's an away game for for West Virginia. Yeah, it. It's an away game for West Virginia. If it was at home in Morgantown, I would say they're going to keep it close. Uh, yeah, if it's, if it's in it's, Oklahoma State, it's yeah. in Stillwater. I just yeah. think it'll 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 be close for a quarter and a half, maybe. Then they'll just run away with yeah, it. Yeah, they're going to run away. They're going to run away with it with Chuba Hubbard. Man, that guy is is unbelievable. It was, they have, and this is the thing, they had a freshman last year at quarterback with Spencer Sanders. He's got a year under his belt, and. They've got the best, arguably the best running back in the nation and arguably the best receiver in the nation. So I'm looking for Oklahoma State to have an absolutely huge year. But with all this being said, who do you think is going to finish top of the Big 12 at the end of the season? Maybe your top four or top five, the way that we think it's going to go. Um, I think the top three, and not particularly in this order, uh, are probably going to be Oklahoma, Texas, and uh, it's a toss I'm, up. I'm, huh? I'm kind of a, at a toss up between TCU and Baylor. Oh, you think Baylor? Okay, Baylor could jump up and surprise some people. They hell they won 11 games last year. Yeah, it was a lot of close games. I might add they got they got lucky against Tech. I feel like Tech got robbed in that game, but I could see Baylor making some noise. So you're in agreement that Oklahoma is going to win it again this year. It's going to be the sixth Big 12 championship in a row. Yes, I think so. And, and again, unless Texas um, plays better defense this year, then maybe we have a shot. Because um, a lot of the games that I watched, and, and I, I love Texas, but a lot of the games I watched last, last season – there's a lot of poor tackling, a lot of poor defense. Uh, oh, yeah. There's a lot of games that we should have won 
and a lot of close games that shouldn't have been close, and a lot of it had to do with our defense. And so um, unless we improve our defense, I, I don't see us topping Oklahoma. And, you know, Texas, when they got healthy late in the season, they had a complete team, and you saw what they did towards the end. Mm-hmm. I think if their defense stays healthy, which I do think they will, barring, you know, like we have to put the stipulation in there with the with the COVID stuff, but, you know, if they stay healthy throughout the season, I think Texas is a very has a very good chance to win the conference. But it's hard for me to pick right now. But it's hard. It's hard not to go against the champs, mm-hmm. the five-time, back to back to back to back to back, Big Twelve champs, and that's yeah. my Sooners. I don't want to be biased on this, but until you knock, and this is what just what I believe, until you knock off the champion, you got to put them at the top, right? Just like Clemson, and Clemson and LSU, and, and you know Ohio State. In Alabama, you got to put those teams at the top every year because they they prove it year in and year out. And the best deserves to be number one the next season. And I think Oklahoma, I'll put them number one. Number two, I'm going to go with Oklahoma State. And it's kind of a toss-up between three and four, between TCU and Texas. But I'm going to go ahead and say Texas at number three and TCU number four. And, and there's some teams here that I really want to see improve. I want to see Tech improve. I want to see Kansas improve as well, put together some wins. Because I, I do like – I kind of like Les Miles, even though he was a jerk back in the day when he was the coach <laughs> at Oklahoma State and he talked shit when they came into Norman. It's all good. But I do think he's a good coach. I want to see them succeed because when we have the bottom tier of the conference elevate it's just good for the conference right you know i'm tired of seeing kansas just be the whipping boy i want to see them put together some big wins and tech yeah when i mean tech hasn't made a bowl game in years they got to get back there they were shitty when pat mahomes was there (laughs) didn't get to a bowl game which is unbelievable you have the best quarterback on the planet even in college, he was one of the best quarterbacks. Right. So, I don't know about you, but I want to see some of those teams succeed and get better. I'd like to see Iowa State succeed. They've been on the come up, and they've been, like, right there. Like, they've been on the edge. They have. Every season, and then just, like I said, they just they just can't ever close games They can't out. stay consistent. Right. They're good at home. They're mm-hmm. very good at home, just yeah. like Tech usually is, but... They just can't put it together. And poor old Baylor, 28-3 to at halftime against Oklahoma. I thought we were done. This is going to be a bloodbath. And then the greatest comeback of all time in school history. <laughs> it was awesome to watch. But the Big 12, we love the Big 12. We want to see our conference finally get over the hump and win a playoff game, which you can rag on me all you want, and I'll take it. My Sooners have sucked in the college football playoff. Except for that one year against Georgia where they should have put it away and won it. But at least we're getting there. We beat Georgia. Yeah, when Georgia was <laughs> shit the next year. <laughs> Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb were not part of the team. And Jake Fromm, I don't know what it was, but in that Rose Bowl game against Oklahoma, he could not miss. He was he played out of his body. 
The dude was just precise all over the field. Tips up. Ah, he was good. He was good that game. And then he kind of, you know, he just disappeared in the in the national championship game, the biggest game of the season. He wilted. But man, I just I just want to see the Big Twelve get on there, get to the playoff, get a win. Even if we don't win the national championship, we need to get a semifinal playoff victory under our belt. Do you think this is the year that that happens? Um. I think you guys have a great chance. But do you think there's another team for the Big 12 that could win the conference and get to the playoffs and actually win a game? Do you think mm, Texas maybe? No. No. Again, I Where is your faith in your Longhorns, bro? Look, again, just based on what I I saw last year defensively, defensively, we are not um prepared to face Teams like Alabama, LSU, um, uh, Clemson, we're, there's just no way. I agree with you there, too, because not and Oklahoma is not either. And they've proven that in those semifinal games. Uh, as a conference, a Big 12 does not have the defensive recruits to match up with the SEC and even Clemson or the Big 10. I think we're slowly getting there. Maybe the tide will turn within the next five years. Oklahoma's starting to get a lot of big-time recruits on defense. But, man, as a conference, our defensive, you know, mindset has sucked and and the production has sucked. And I think that's one thing that's been the problem with Texas ever since Mac Brown left is our recruiting is just not the same. It's just not, and it, and it hasn't been. And even even when you guys get the best of the best in recruiting classes, it's like those guys just don't get developed like they should. Right. You know what I mean? And the one thing y'all have lacked for so long is a quarterback. I mean, Sam has done a great job. Yeah. Ellinger has done great at, at Texas. But the thing with Ellinger is just, again, we we don't have the running game going yes and so sam ellinger is playing quarterback and running back at the same time and you know that can only work for so long you know we've got to get a prime running back that can take that extra weight off of sam you know um and work on that defense that is the only way texas is going to win any kind of championship is if we develop a run game i agree and develop a good better defense i agree i mean y'all have that young kid that whittingham kid and then you got keontae ingram Mm-hmm. And Ingram, I know you have to still be hurting with that pass he dropped against LSU wide open yeah. in the end zone. I thought he was really going to come on last year, and he just didn't, man. He didn't. And then y'all had that young running back get hurt, so the depth wasn't there. And y'all had to you know, convert that one kid that was a – He was like a linebacker or something. Linebacker, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, Roshan Johnson, he, you know, y'all – Converted him to running back. He actually did pretty good. I think he's going to stay at running back from what I've heard. He had that big run against OU. But other than that, man, you're right. Y'all have not been able to assemble a quality backfield. And you do you need a defense. You need a defense that will, that will bend but not break and come up with stops and turnovers and that sort of thing. But you also need a quality run game. You can't throw every down. And, right. and Ellinger doesn't have the arm for that. 
But you do, I, I mean, y'all have Brennan Eagles, Jake Smith, who's great. I think that Smith kid, he was um, a beast in high school. He broke like tons of records in Arizona. But you guys have a, a quality roster. And, and this could, I think this potentially could be the year you guys win the conference. I could see any one of those four teams winning the conference. OU, OSU, Texas, or TCU. Those are my top four, and who knows? Who knows what could happen? It's going to be a cool season. It's going to be challenging. Yeah, that's the thing I love about college is you never know what's going to happen. Right. Upsets are every week. I mean, shit. It's it's different from the NFL. Like, in the NFL, you know pretty much every week who's going to win, who's going to lose. But in college, you just never know. You never know. And, and, you know, some of those uh, group of five schools or FCS schools could jump out and beat a power five conference school. Right. You just never know. And that's that's the crazy thing about college football. But I hope – one thing that I do hope – I don't know if you're a big fan of um, college game day every every morning. Um, Yeah, I check it out I just every once in a while. Man – I love waking up and watching that show. And hopefully they're still going to have the show without a hitch. And it's going to it's gonna be, you know, every Saturday in rotation because that kind of, it sparks the flame for the the games for the day. Like, it for me, it's the starter. And I hope with all this COVID stuff, they still manage to put that show together. Yeah. Because they, they, they go across the entire college football landscape and, and they discuss any team and every team. Yeah. They have to. Like, I cannot imagine waking up Saturday morning and not seeing Lee Corso's picks. You exactly. know, with, with the mascot heads and stuff like that. Like, yeah. you, you know, that's like a tradition, you know. Uh, I, I can't imagine, you know. I can't either. Going, going Saturdays without seeing that, you know. And, and, you know, Kirk, Kirk Herbstreet and Desmond Howard and all those guys. Yeah. They, they do a great job. They do, and I just I just hope they're able to ha- continue with the show. And I don't know if they'll be able to travel to the different big games of the week, but that was really cool as well. You know, seeing them travel to Norman or or to Tuscaloosa or to you know Stillwater or Gainesville. I mean, you know, they went all over the country to games, so you got to see like a little glimpse of different campuses. Uh, difference you know collegiate life in these small towns mm-hmm. that's going to be neat Cause, because let's face it the revenue that these small towns usually get from college football and all the fans it's not going to be it's not going to be there this year it's not going to be the same all right they're going to lose a lot of money and hopefully with college game day still coming to some of those towns or they're able to sustain some some type of revenue but we'll see i guess we're going to move on to the NFL. Oh, there's been a lot of things happening within the league, but one of the bigger big things this week, NFL training camp started. Teams took the field in pads. And as much as we're excited for the college football season, we're equally as excited for the NFL and we're not sure how how this how the NFL is going to go but we do think it's going to be more you know put together 
incomplete than the college football season because the college football world has a like a lack of leadership right now. There's not a main commissioner like the NFL has to look look to for answers, you know. And and I just think the NFL they're going to be more prepared for this. What do you think? Yeah, uh, definitely. I mean, uh, like you mentioned, the NFL has a completely different leadership. There's also a lot more money involved. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be handled completely differently than uh, the NCAA. Um, One thing I, I see. Go ahead. I see them kind of steering towards, uh, well, maybe doing like what the NBA is doing now, which which I don't know if if, if you if you knew or not, but like the NBA, uh, I guess whenever the playoffs start, they're actually going to have fans in the stand, but it's only it's only going to be the players' families. Like, the players are going to... In the NBA? Right. They're going to be able to uh, get tickets to, like, I want to say it's, like, two adults and, like, one child or something like that. Um, So there's going to be fans, but it's going to be very limited to, like, the players and the coaches, like, families and stuff like that. But there's only going to be a certain amount of adults allowed, a certain amount of children allowed. I can see the NFL kind of steering that way. Yeah, I think, and the NBA's done a good job with the, um, have you seen like the hologram or uh, video images of people who you can pay to have yourself cast on one of those screens in the Mm -hmm. stands and it shows your face and you're watching the game. Yeah. And then. (laughs) I think that's cool, actually. That's pretty cool. And it is cool to bring families in and have them still be a part because normally they are. Normally they're there every single game they're a big reason why those guys come out and play, you know, to make a living and to put on a show for their family and friends. So, you know, I know governor Abbott had said in the state of Texas, we're going to try to operate here with 50% capacity. So for Cowboys games, currently we're going to still revolve around that amount. However, Mm -hmm. man, I don't think it's going to be 50. I think it has to be go down to 25 or yeah. even 15%. And colleges are, are kind of mirroring the same thing. They're going down to 25% a lot of places. Mm-hmm. So, Yeah, I think most most teams may just probably go by whatever their state uh, policies or regulations are. Um, cause I, don't, I don't see why they, why they would go any other route, you know what I mean? So... Because I already know, like, I think there's already been, like, two teams that have said that they're not going to have any fans at all. Like, I think it was one. One is the Eagles, I know. Mm-hmm. Philadelphia is not going to yeah, have Yeah, they're any not fans. having any fans at all. Yeah. Yeah, so you're right. It, it's going to be different from state to state. And they're all going to have different protocol to follow and, and, and requirements for games. But I would imagine if you are a fan and you get your hands on some tickets for a game, don't you think they're going to be like outrageously expensive more than they <laughs> usually are? Probably. Yeah, man. You know, a regular, you know, $200 ticket is or, probably going to be twice that this year. Or could they be like airplane tickets and the prices plummet? That could, that could I mean, be a reality. <laughs> because, you know, 
throughout this whole pandemic, especially in the beginning, New York was hit really yeah. bad. Yeah, they were the worst at the beginning. And you, your your dad lives there, so yeah. For the Giants, for for the Jets, man, places like that, you can't have twenty thousand people. You can't have forty thousand people going to a game, right? Especially, it's already been hit so hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, what are some of the stories that you've heard coming out of New York? Um, well, well, my dad actually lives in Pennsylvania now, but he still works in New York, mainly in Manhattan. And, you know, Manhattan is, if when people tour New York City, that's usually the first borough they're going to go to is Manhattan. Oh, definitely. And last I heard is it's still pretty much a ghost town. Wow. You know, because... Anytime I go to New York and, you know, I'm I'm doing my tourist stuff, like, you know, going down to Times Square, which is one of the busiest sections of Manhattan. I mean, it's there. It's a madhouse. Yeah, you've got tourists all over the place walking along the streets and the sidewalks, you know, and it's 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 crazy. Um, And now, like, if you look at pictures online of of Times Square, it looks like a ghost town, which is baffling because you you never see no people in Times Square. Exactly. You know, it's such a heavily populated area with mm-hmm. with no one walking around through the streets. Yeah. Yeah, man, it's going to be a another spike. I feel like if there's a an allowance in in an area like that for fans to attend games, like mm-hmm. it, it's a no brainer for me. Yeah, that there's going to be a huge spike if if they do allow fans to go to Giants games and to Jets games, and um, it's it's not going to be good. I mean, already in the MLB, there's no fans, right? And I think that could be the direction that most NFL teams may end up, maybe midway through the season or three quarters through the season, because you know it is going to be mandated by state, but the NFL is going to, you know, intervene at some point and just say, no, we don't want the liability, even though the revenue is nice with all the fans, you know, buying merchandise, buying tickets, that sort of thing. It's not worth it. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's going to be weird. But one of the cool things that I saw recently out of training camp for my Cowboys, my boy CeeDee Lamb had a play of the day at the Cowboys camp with a one-handed catch over his head on a high pass near the sideline. CD Lamb is going to be a beast. So I want I, I agree. I want both of us to reflect on the current roster for the Cowboys and we're going to speak on it and on the Green Bay Packers. Who do you think is going to be the I guess rising star of the Packers this year or breakout player? Ah <sighs> Well, if you had a guess, so we drafted a tight end this year uh, from Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. God dang, what is his name? Uh, it, he's kind of got like a weird last name. Um, but he he was a very um. Put together tight end uh, is Joshua Deguara. Deguara, yeah, yes. Um, 
you know, Cincinnati University is known for developing, like, really good tight ends. Like, Travis Kelsey came from there. Zach Ertz came from there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I could see him uh, breaking out, uh, you know, since we, you know, obviously we lost Jimmy Graham. Um, so, I can see him kind of, you know, being uh, a go-to target for Aaron Rodgers. Because who else does he have, bro? Well, <laughs> like, honestly. Well, I mean, other than Devontae Adams, I mean, I, I hope Devin Funches uh, is is consistent you know we signed him i i really hope they 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 utilize jake kumaro a lot more if geronimo allison stays healthy he could be um good they have they had a guy last year named lazaro uh kind of step up but he had a lot of drops you know it was his first season rookie season so um he had a lot of drops so maybe he might with this being his second season maybe he might you know step up a little bit more but I'm, I'm really excited to see that new tight end and then of course i'm really excited to see aaron jones and then plus uh the running back that we we drafted out of boston college yeah uh, you guys jones is good but then you got aj Dillon in the second round right yeah aj Dillon. i could see him and aaron jones being a uh, you know, double tandem there in, in Green Bay. I think Aaron Jones is still going to be uh, going to have the ball the most. I mean, because a lot of people, you know, look down on Aaron Jones, but they don't they, they they don't look at his stats from from last season. Like Aaron Jones was up there with Derrick Henry as far as uh, touchdown uh, touch total touchdowns in the league. I think he tied with Derrick Henry in touchdowns in the league last year. Um. And I think he was, like, second in yardage. Yeah, and you mentioned, you know, the, the tight end, you guys need a target for sure. And, and Green Bay needs another running back to rotate in. Stella. <laughs> Stella. Beer time. Beer us. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, tight ends are – are very vital in the NFL at this point in offensive philosophy and, and, uh, schemes you've got, you know, Gronk coming out of retirement to the Tampa Bay bucks. That's going to be interesting. And then Travis Kelsey, you got yeah. Ertz, you got Goddard, you've got all these guys who are superstars. Tight ends are, are not put your hand in the ground and block and maybe get one target a game anymore. They are, bona fide threats and and if aaron Rodgers can have one of those guys a possession tied in you know they can they can get you know the third and long convert conversions and, and move the chains uh with those intermediate routes it's going to be great for that offense it's going to open things up and like you said with aj Dillon, i think that's going to open up the passing game too with having more of a rotation running back by committee because they yeah. might share carries. I, you know, Jones probably get the bulk of them, like you said. But it's important and for, I was for way teams up. to have those guys that can rotate in. Yeah. And I was way off on the yardage, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> he was like 15th in, in yardage. But he was he was tied for first in rushing touchdowns with, with Derrick Henry. But he, he was and, effective. Yeah, he had over 1,000 yards rushing, 16 touchdowns total. Um. He only had three fumbles. 
uh, that's big in the NFL to go over a thousand yards. So yeah. So um, so yeah, I I I really hope Deguara comes through. I, I can see him being a star this year. I think AJ Dillon's going to break through as well. I really wish that they would utilize Jake Kumaro a lot, though. Jake Kumaro, he's been on the team a couple years, and I really thought he was going to be the the next Jordy Nelson, but I feel like they just don't put him in the game enough, and I don't know why. Like, every time I see him in the game and Aaron Rodgers throws to him, he, he makes, like, these amazing catches. He has great hands. He's got speed. Um, and like I said, he reminds me a lot of Jordy Nelson. I don't know why they don't start him very, very much or put him in the game much, but, um, well, you, I hope he you do think out. You do think the offense is going to be much improved overall yes. from last year to this year? Yes. Defense, uh, we'll see. <laughs> Our defense is another story. Right. And looking at Green Bay's schedule. We have a tough schedule, I think. Okay, so one of the games that I'm looking forward to is against the Houston Texans, the Packers and Texans on October 25th. Mm-hmm. So this can- is going to be a, a big game for, for one of the main reasons we're both thinking of, and that is our good friend old Jeremy Martinez is a huge Texans fan. There's a lot of bragging rights on the line for this game. Yeah. and It's going to be a lot of shit-talking. There will be. Texans are a playoff team from, you know, a year ago. But this is a tough one, man. I, I don't know who to choose in this game. They were in, in the game. playoffs last year? Oh, yeah, that's right. They got stomped on by Kansas City. What was it, like 50-something? To... Oh, they had the lead, too. <laughs> they man. had the lead, they too. The lead. And it was a big lead. It wasn't like a little small league lead. It was a big lead. And there was, like they there were, was a lot Like, of... they were going into halftime, <laughs> like, with a three-possession lead. A three score lead. It wasn't like twenty four to zero. Something like that, yeah. Like twenty four to zero or twenty four to three. A three touchdown lead at least going into halftime, and then Kansas City just turned it up and scored fifty points on them. Dropped fifty points on them in the second half. I don't know what's gonna happen with the Texans. I don't think Houston's gonna be the same without DeAndre Hopkins. He's in Arizona now. They traded him for David Johnson, who's mediocre at best that was a wild trade i I didn't get it and i know as a texans fan it had to hurt because deandre's arguably one of the best receivers if not the best in the league you know he he's very consistent he puts up great numbers every year and him and kyler murray it's going to be lethal who do you think is going to win the nfc east um I think the Cowboys will take that division this year. I think so, too. Even with all the drama, because I really see a lot of drama happening in the beginning of the season. Um, I I will predict this. I'll call it right now. By week four, Andy Dalton will be the starter for the Dallas Cowboys. I would not be upset with that prediction because I am not a Dak fan. I never have been. I don't think he's the answer. He's not definitely not the future. He's more of a, he's he's a backup that got thrown in there, just like Romo was. Romo was a backup that got thrown in there, and to Romo's credit, he 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 was a great he was a great quarterback, but he was not an elite quarterback. And I cannot see Dak Prescott 
moving up to tier one status as a, as an elite quarterback in the NFL or even an you know a tier two quarterback. I think he's tier three out of four tiers. I just don't I don't I can't see him. He's not a a great passer. I mean he's tough. I'll give him that. He has his moments, but he he's really inconsistent. His deep ball is not as 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 nice as I would like it to be. And he's just not the prototypical all-star quarterback that the Cowboys deserve and the Cowboys need. And we haven't seen that kind of quarterback in 25 years. It's frustrating. You know, it's frustrating when you think you, you have a good quality quarterback that you can count on, but he just doesn't deliver every week. He's just... I just don't think he's the answer, man. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't think he's the answer either. Even with Mike McCarthy, like, I think Mike McCarthy being there now, uh, he can really – anybody who knows Mike McCarthy, and I know Mike McCarthy because he was the head coach in, in Green Bay for 11 years. Um, he's very – he has a very great offensive mind. Like, he was pretty much – he was the head coach and the play caller for Green Bay. And uh, he won a Super Bowl in Green Bay and pretty much made the playoffs every year. Except for there was a couple of years where we didn't make the playoffs. But he was very successful in Green Bay. Um, yes, he had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers. But <clears throat> I think with Andy Dalton, he can take that team very deep into the playoffs. Yes, Andy Dalton is – He's a Texas kid. He's from Fort Worth. He played at TCU. Hell, he's got a house in Fort Worth. Mm-hmm. And he's a great thrower of the football. He can stand in the pocket. He can deliver. He can make those tough throws. He's he's accurate. Dak doesn't fit the mold. <laughs> uh, Mike McCarthy type of offense. Like, right. Mike like. He had Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers could move on, on his feet, and he could run. Everybody knows Aaron right. Rodgers. And Dak can is a to, dual, a, to a degree, but... He can run, but he can't throw. <laughs> he, can't, he can't throw, yeah. Yeah. He can't throw consistently and precisely in, into windows and, and, and throw guys open. He's just... He's not built for that. He's a great... He was a great college quarterback. He, he reminds me a lot of Tim Tebow. He's, a, he's better than Tim Tebow in the NFL, you know, he's got a higher ceiling than Tim Tebow had, but he just he doesn't have the total package to be a tier one quarterback in this league. And I don't think he ever will be. I think he can be a very good quality quarterback that could win a Super Bowl if you have a great team around. Now, barring that there's a great offense that he's a part of, a system that fits him, that's tailored to his skill set and a defense that can stop people, a defense that is championship caliber. I think that's the only way that Dak can can win a championship in the NFL. He can be a run of the mill average quarterback if if it's if the fit is not right with the package around him. I just don't think he's going to be s- successful at all. He's going to have good numbers, but. You know, he's going to go 10 and 6 one year and they're all going to praise him and then most years he's going to go 8 and 8. You know, as the leader of the team and I just don't see him putting together a 13 and 3 season no. like he did that first year, which was 
mostly mostly maybe a fluke who knows mostly thanks to the defense the defense and the running game with ezekiel elliott that year they were really good but he's got to have that good running game to to help him open up the passing game so he can he can really flourish which ezekiel is still an elite back in the nfl how long he will last i don't know um he's still young he's still a beast but there were times last year he was looking sluggish. He he it didn't seem like he had the fire in his step like he used to have, you know, a couple of years prior to the 2019 season and I think he needs to slim down a little bit. And let's be honest, offensive line did not live up to the hype last season at least, you know. That first season that Ezekiel started, offensive line did great. Mm-hmm. But we've had some holes, you know, Frederick gone. We've had to, you know, draft some guys. And hopefully that offensive line can gel and become what it used to be because we need that for Zeke to be successful and be elite like he's been and for Dak to be successful as well. If we don't have an offensive line that can protect him, there's no way Dak's going to thrive in any offense. So uh, it is what it is. Cowboys fans, we just get our hearts broken every year. I've gotten used to it, but we'll see what happens. We do want to give a shout-out to our friendly sponsor, Rocket Brews. Um, They've got new drinks of the month coming out for August pretty soon. I think they're they're, um, in development of that. And they've remodeled their entire indoor lobby. So don't be afraid to go in and grab a drink, even though COVID world has taken over. Um, they've got a bigger selection of beverages and it's just like a convenience store. You can walk in and grab some alcohol to go, or you can grab a daiquiri or a specialized drink that they, uh, can brew up for you. So make sure you take the time. Even if you want to go to the drive through visit rocket brews, get you a drink. The rocket special is still my favorite. And Adrian, I don't know about you, but there's a lot to choose from, but what have you really gravitated towards um i've i've always enjoyed their micheladas i love the fact they have different flavors i think my favorite one is probably their cucumber Mm -hmm. michelada oh heck yeah it's very good yeah so go check them out and uh support local small businesses because they need our help right now all right with that being said we're gonna segue to our final segment of the podcast and we are doing this pretty much with our main podcast and our sports podcast. Aaron Pena, our good friend, who is not with us tonight. We miss you very much, brother. He had a, uh, a death in the family, so our thoughts and prayers are with him. But he's still going to give us a call, and we're going to continue the Remember When segment. So he's going to give us some clues and some information about a specific year and specifically this one's going to be involving sports so we're going to have to guess which year that he's referring to so it's going to be a challenge we'll see if we can get him on the line what up brother what's up aaron what's up what's up what's up you are live on the podcast brother excited to hear from you i'm live i've been gone for a while you have been. I haven't been on there. I don't know. I don't know how to talk. 
been a while. It has been a while. We miss you, man. Uh, Our thoughts and prayers are with you and your family. Yes, prayers for your family. Well, thank you. Appreciate it. All right, so this you remember, okay? This is what this is how it goes, okay? I'm gonna give you a couple of events, okay? You're gonna have to figure out what year this happened, okay? Sounds good. All right, so tonight since we're on the since we're on the you know the high we're talking about sports. So here's this one, okay? Now that's one is, this one's gonna be. I think it'll be kind of tough. All right, so we're ready, all right, brother. Now this one, all right. The greatest basketball player of all time announced his, his retirement on January after winning his sixth championship. Serena Williams won the U.S. Open for her first Grand Slam, and she beat Martina Hingis. Lance Armstrong came back after a three-year battle with cancer to win Tour de France. And then, kind of throw, kind of throw you off, but, you know, we got to throw David Beckham, Mary Spice. Spice oh, Girl, my. Ginger. Oh, not Ginger. Mm. Victoria Beckham. Man, that's a good one. I kind of yep. have, have an idea. Adrian, do you want to go first? Do you want to go first? I'm going to just take a wild guess and say 2003. 2003 is Adrian's guess. All right, based on on everything you said, Aaron, I'm going to go with 1998. 1999. That was way off. Shit. And you know I what? I was him. also going to uh, say 1998, too. But then when he said Serena, when he said Serena, that threw me off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that was a tough one. Even Lance Armstrong. I thought Lance Armstrong won his first one in the in the 2000s. See, and I thought... When he and see, and I thought Jordan had played for the Wizards, I guess, for a little bit longer than what he actually yeah. did. I yeah, thought I thought I thought, he, I thought it was it. Hold on, Aaron. I'm about to crack you. Uh oh. Uh oh. Michael Jordan retired for a second time in January nineteen ninety nine, but he returned for two more seasons with the Wizards from two thousand one to two thousand three. I think that's why I guessed two thousand three because you said the greatest player of all basketball player of all time. That's that's MJ. So I mean, technically, yeah. would it be two thousand three when well, he actually retired? Or maybe I just misre- misheard the way you worded your question. Maybe. Yeah, it's that he came back. He came back and after his second retirement, two thousand one. Right. Okay. Yeah. And you, you mentioned the Spice Girls, and any time you think of the Spice Girls, you got to think of the late nineties. Yeah. So. Oh, oh, that's kind of right. So. See, but I didn't think they got married to like the early yeah, 2000s. Yeah, back to he's still banging it, banging it out, too. I was thinking early 2000s. <laughs> well, man, we appreciate your time, brother. I appreciate it, man. I, like I said, this week being here, sharing the old Crosbyton, you know, I didn't, like I said, didn't get to do any of the podcasts. It felt weird. It felt weird not being on, you know. That's all right, man. We'll, we'll, but, we'll get you on for we'll, sure next we'll week. Make, I'll, Thanks, Rick. I'll be back and ready to go. All right, man. So, that was our segment. Remember right, when. Thanks, brother. 
All right, guys. Hopefully you guys enjoy that segment. We bring that to you each and every week on our main podcast. We've we've done it a, a few times already, so we're going to also incorporate it into our sports as well. But thank you guys for listening to Bomb City Locker Room Talk Podcast and tuning in to Locker Room Hype. See you guys next time. Peace.